Ag State of Mind, episode 102. Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now here's your host, Jason Meadows. Happy Labor Day and welcome to this episode of the Ag State of Mind podcast, a proud member of the Global Ag Network. I am your host, Jason Meadows. Today, we go to the great state of Kentucky and talk to Danielle Hayden. Danielle lives with her husband on his family's farm in Kentucky, and they raise cattle and chicken, And but she has a really incredible story. I put out a tweet a couple of, uh, probably about a month ago, wanting to talk to someone about Alpha gal syndrome. That's the tick and meat disease, for uh, to put it in simply in layman's terms. We'll talk a little bit about it. And Dan, it turns out that someone connected me with Danielle, and Danielle is in the midst of battling with alpha gal syndrome. Um, she has actually found out about having alpha gal while she was pregnant. So, a um, little bit about her struggle, her journey with this. Um, really incredible episode. As I find more people are struggling with alpha gal finding out a little bit more about it as kind of we as we go along and i find it's really interesting uh really interesting concept especially for us in the beef industry um for those of you who may not know it uh, alpha gal is something that kind of is makes you have a red meat allergy and gosh that would be so super devastating to me and we talked to danielle is super devastating to her as they have a direct-to-consumer beef operation so uh really incredible story and i'm really excited for you guys to hear this all right here we go with my podcast interview with danielle hayden all right danielle hayden welcome to the ag state of mind podcast how are you this evening i'm doing great how are you I'm doing wonderful, and I appreciate your patience as we tried to work this out. Uh, uh, it was kind of hard to make sure to get it scheduled. Thing happens, life happens, but uh, here we are making it happen. Yeah, I didn't have a baby in the process, so yeah. we're, we're good. <laughs> good. <laughs> All right, well, cool. Well, tell everybody a bit about you, who you are, um, and then we're going to get into the reason why we're talking, and that is your experience with alpha gal syndrome. Sure. Yeah. So, um, like, like you said, I'm Danielle Hayden, my husband and I farm outside of Owensboro, Kentucky. Um, we raise cattle, cow, calf, and broiler chickens commercially. We have about 12 of those chicken houses. And, um, and then I'm also a full-time wedding and portrait photographer. And then my husband also helps me on that side. So we both dabble in both worlds. And we also have a um, custom, like, by-the-cut beef business as mm, well. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Very cool. So do you direct to market both beef and chicken or just beef? Just beef. So we our chicken is raised for Purdue. And then mm, we, mm -hmm. we do both some commercial on the beef side and then we also do direct to market okay and you're in owensboro kentucky so that's that's pretty good grass ground there 
Yes. Yeah. Growing up, I'm from Oklahoma originally. And so a little bit different landscape moved here. And I was like, what do you mean you could put this many cows per acre? What do you mean that Uh it rains here? Like what is happening? What is this grass? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. You know, it's funny how you move across the U S how different the, the landscape, the topography is, um, you know, you're, it's funny to me because I'm like centrally located from the two plate where you grew up and where you are now. I mean, it's a total of like six hours across there. If that, you know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, for it to change that much is, is remarkable. It, it really does. Um, and yeah, as we just found out, I, I make the drive right past where you are quite often, but yeah. just even like, culturally how cattle is handled and managed and everything was a big change for me. I went from like, I remember my husband and I got engaged. And I like drew up our cattle brand. Cause I'm from Oklahoma, get out here in Kentucky. And he's like, um, we don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Isn't that funny? So do you know Kaya Twistleman? I do. I was actually her wedding photographer. You're kidding me. Yeah. Oh, no, small- I, I was- Small world. small world, right? Small world. That is so hilarious. Well, she yes. talked about when she lived in Kentucky, how she was like, why is nobody let, you know, invited me to any brandings? And like, well, we don't do that here. So Missouri's yeah. like the line. We don't do it here. We're the fur- Missouri's the furthest west you can go without having a branding law. So there's no Missouri, no Missouri brand book, nothing like that. And uh, I think it's like that pretty much north and south. I don't think there is an Arkansas or Iowa either. But if you get to Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas, Nebraska, all those west of west of here. It's yeah. Yeah. Brand, branding, branding cattle country. Yeah. Yeah, that's I. I did. I I grew up pretty close to Missouri. I didn't even know that about Missouri. Yep. So yeah, and crazy. So like you say, you grew up just probably what thirty miles from the Missouri line, and things yes. are totally different. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, very cool. Well, so, and this is you. It, it's crazy that we're talking about. So what? How this happened? I don't know if I even mentioned to you how this happened i put out this tweet because twitter is like if i'm like really curious about something and i really want to talk to somebody about it i put it out on twitter and that's probably the place i get the best response and the most uh most interaction feedback on and i wanted to talk about alpha gal syndrome because and i don't know if i mentioned this i mean listeners of the podcast know i'm a pharmacist as well um so i talk to a lot of people about their health obviously the and a lot about this podcast is about health too and something one of the trends that i have noticed over the past several years is the increase in incidence of alpha gal syndrome so um, if you wouldn't mind, kind of share with us what alpha gal syndrome is, where it comes from, and how it affects you. Yeah, so alpha gal syndrome is a, it's notoriously known as the tick bite disease where you can't eat red meat. So uh, I can expand on that here in a minute, but it's kind of stereotyped as you get bit by a tick and then you can no longer eat animal or consume animal products, typically red meat um, or dairy. So anything that comes from a hide or a hoof, you cannot mm-hmm. have anymore. And that, that even comes down to like medicine. So I have to be very careful on vitamins or anything that I take. It cannot have a gelatin coating. I can have chicken or fish, 
but yes, so alpha-gal syndrome, a limit, you, you just can't have it or you, you have an anaphylactic reaction to it. Um, and it can range um, how, how serious it is on different things, how, how much, how high your levels are, whether you just, it affects people different ways and that some people just have kind of like an intestinal issue with it. Some break out in hives, some can't breathe. Um, it, it can kill you. It, it's just kind of a range of like how bad it is. So it's almost like on a spectrum, right? It is. Yeah. So I, so how I found out about it, it's fairly common in the area that I live, which is horrible. Um, we know a lot of people that have it. A couple of years ago, my father-in-law was diagnosed with it. He, he was having some issues and then we walked in one day and his whole face was swollen up. His hands were swollen up. He couldn't even like put his fingers together. Um, and so they got him in to the doctor. They had been testing him for things. Nothing was coming back. And then it came back that he had alpha gal syndrome. So he had it for about two years total. And then he was able to actually get over it, which the getting over it rate, um, is different for every person. It can mm. last for six months. It could last for 10 years. It could last for more than that, any, anywhere between. So it's kind of this enigma of like, how long are you going to have it? How bad are your symptoms going to be? Um, but he was able to get over it in two years and return back to eating red meat and everything. And I remember when he got it, all of us kind of be like, oh my gosh, is he going to die? Because all he eats is meat and potatoes. And, and we were going, you know, we go to so many, like my in-laws are heavy involved in the community. So we go to all of these ag functions where everything is served as a hamburger or <laughs> pork sandwich or a steak. Mm -hmm. And he would only be able to eat uh, I'm trying to remember what he even ate like most of the time you just eat before because like you can't have baked beans most of the time you can't have like a cupcake or anything it has dairy in it it can't cross contaminate can't be cooked in the same area like there's all these things that go into wow. it so I remember we were so excited when he got over it and then about half a year later all of a sudden I start not feeling well <laughs> and uh and I remember it was kind of this running joke. We thought he was going to die because he doesn't eat anything but meat and potatoes and he made it through just fine. Um, and then I was like, well, I should be fine. I never get bit by ticks. And uh, <laughs> then I start breaking out in hives all over and start getting migraines pretty bad. And this is about last early October. I start kind of like really dealing with these hives and I was taking different things out of my diet and trying different things, trying to figure out what was going on. COVID was in full swing. So I was trying to make an allergy appointment and couldn't get in anywhere because it was just hard to get into with a doctor or anything. So I was, I was just trying to figure it out myself. And it wasn't, it didn't seem like my hives would, I couldn't figure out what it was attached to. And that's also a thing with alpha gal. It's not an immediate reaction. Mm, it's very mm -hmm. hard to diagnose Gotcha. because yeah. you don't eat something and immediately get sick. It has a, um, I think it's a four to 12 hour delayed reaction to it. Oh, wow. So I would eat something for dinner and then wake up at 3 a.m. about to scratch my skin off. Huh. And so I couldn't figure out what was going on. And we were trying different things. I get pregnant in around late November. And so then things went from I have hives all over to suddenly. So you didn't know when you got pregnant. No, so you're learning no. this while you're pregnant. Yes. So I get Holy pregnant. Crap. All of a sudden I have daily migraines. I'm throwing up all the time and I have all these other things that I'm like, well, that must just be pregnancy. I 
I had really bad brain fog, couldn't hardly think. And all these things, I was like, oh, that just must be pregnancy. But I still have these hives and that's really weird. And so my first OB appointment in January, she, I said, she, she was asking about different things. And she looked at my hands and she goes, do your hands always look like that? And I was like, no, I've been having some hives issue. And she goes, your skin is, looks like leather. And it was, the, the skin on my hands was raised up and pretty, it was pretty rough looking. I had hives all over them. And I said, well, I've been trying to get in with, with an allergy doctor and just haven't had any luck. And, and so she made a call and got me in within a couple of weeks to, to somebody. And so I go in and they test me and they, I was like, well, I have a hard time with like cleaners. I don't know. Maybe it's a preservative. I don't know. I've eliminated I've tried eliminating dairy. I've tried eliminating gluten, all the like popular things you hear people right, say. Right, right, right. And nothing seems to be changing anything. So I don't know what it, this is. So they tested me for literally everything they could test me for because they told me they're like, there's no med we can give you because you're pregnant. So we have to figure out what this is. <laughs> and um, so they tested me. I think they took, it was like 12 vials of blood. I sat there about halfway through. I was like, oh, y'all weren't kidding. This was going to be mm-hmm. a lot. And they were like, mm-hmm. you're just halfway. You're just halfway Oh, my there. gosh. Um, so did that. They got my test results back. And they were like, well, great news. You're not allergic to anything. The unfortunate side is you're not allergic to anything. So we're pretty sure you have a very severe autoimmune disease like lupus or rheumatoid arthritis. Right. Yeah. We can't do anything because you're pregnant. Right, right. So when you're not pregnant, we're going to schedule you with a specialist and you're going to go in to be treated for that. And I was like, what? (laughs) I get hit with this news. And they're like, the only thing we can say is avoid tomatoes and onions and peppers and dairy. And I was like, okay, so go about my life about, it's about probably a week later. No, they didn't tell me to avoid dairy. They told me to avoid bread, not dairy. So okay. week week later, it's relevant to this. Okay. A week later, I'm in my car driving. I have a bunless burger, bunless bacon cheeseburger, um, no tomatoes, no onions. I've got a key lime pie riding shotgun and a pint of ice cream because it was my birthday and people had gifted me things. And I get this call. And they're like, Danielle, I'm sorry. We didn't have all of your test results back. We just got your alpha gal results and you were positive. We need you to come in tomorrow. Do not touch anything that is made by an animal. And I'm like halfway, halfway through the burger. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Staring at this key lime pie. Oh my gosh. That's awful. (laughs) We had literally the week before launched our beef by the cut business, which I'm the head of. It was like all of these things. And I just like, I'm, I'm driving down the road. Like I was like, this, this has to be a mistake. Like, I think I was almost, which is horrible as it is. Like it, uh, it shouldn't be that way at all. But I think I accepted lupus easier than hearing your whole lifestyle is not okay right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I've got so many questions. <laughs> so, you know, if, if it's okay, I'd, I'd like to, are, are, do you have more to add to it or? 
I mean, that's that's basically my discovery story. I could tell you plenty about it. Um, right, right. But... Okay. Well, I'm mostly interested in your experience with it. I am going to have a scientist on and talk about it here and at some point in the next month or so. But, you know, I'm mostly interested in your real life experience with it. And reading through your stuff, looking through your Instagram, the thing that pops out to me is your sell by the cut beef business. (laughs) And like, okay, and I joke with my wife because... People know, you know, I'm a cow-calf operator too. We have a, a small direct-to-consumer uh, meat business where we sell quarters and halves, you know. So, I mean, it's a huge part of our life. I told my wife one time, and she thought I was kidding, and she still thinks I'm kidding. She still doesn't take them, think I'm serious, and she thinks I'm overly dramatic. She said, I told her, I said, I would rather have diabetes than alpha-gal. Like, and I, and I told, and that's, that's like, I told her that like a year ago before all these people have found out, uh, or that we found out about. And like, and I, like, I hold true to that because the things I enjoy the most are a good hamburger and a good steak. And I don't know, like that would be, I mean, obviously I'd live my life just like you're living your life. That would be a huge lifetime lifestyle adjustment for me. Yeah, it, it, it has been, like I said, we have just launched, we had been doing, um, we had cow calf for a very long time and had been doing freezer beef, but we had just launched like this big side of our business that was mm-hmm. B2 meats. And it was my husband and I and beef by the cut and in the community. And we had all of this, this rollout plan of how the business was going to roll out. And I was, I was going to do like cooking demonstrations on cuts and, and we would have samplings and like all of these things to like boost our business. And suddenly I'm diagnosed with alpha gal a week or two into launching a business. And because I am pregnant, my alpha gal is a lot more serious because so one of the things with alpha gal, you run the risk of an anaphylactic shock. You have to carry an EpiPen at all times. Mm-hmm. I'm pregnant. So I cannot put myself in a situation where I have to hit myself with an EpiPen. Right. They were like, listen, you, you do, you, you basically have a, a life and death decision either way. Like either you have to, if you have to use an EpiPen or if you don't use the EpiPen, you will die. If you use mm-hmm. the EpiPen, you're probably going to kill your child. And I was like, great. Wow. So excited <laughs> to hear that. So I can't, I can't even be around it being cooked. I can't even be in the same room with it. I haven't had an issue touching it. I, I don't touch it like crazy or anything, but like if I've, if I've handled cheese or something, it's not a big deal. Yeah. So it's not just meat, it's cheese and dairy. Yeah. And- it's, it's dairy. It's milk. Um, so all of your processed food, if it was like in the very beginning when I was super sensitive, if it was even processed in the same facility as like milk or it touched the same cutting board or something as a dairy product, I would break out. And what we found as I, as I changed my diet and I had to do all these things is all of these symptoms that I was contributing to pregnancy, the intense brain fog, the daily migraines, the not being able to function, the, the nausea and vomiting. That was, that was all alpha gal. I hadn't been able to breathe for months and I thought I was just anxious because I was pregnant and I'm sure I am anxious, but no, I legitimately couldn't breathe. It wasn't anxiety. And I didn't know it. 
And so all of these symptoms started clearing up and it felt like hearing it kind of felt like this death sentence of like, I was, I was depressed after it. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, yeah, yeah, I, my whole life is around beef. I already am somebody who runs low on iron naturally. So I, I have a lot of beef and dark green vegetables in my diet. And suddenly I've got to take all that out and I'm pregnant and I need to have enough iron for me and my child. Um, and it was, it was hard. Um, if I hadn't had an incredibly supportive partner and spouse, Mm -hmm. like, I don't, I know I would have made it just fine, but he made that transition so much easier. So, so what's Uh, it? So do you guys, sorry, go ahead. I didn't know to cut it. Do you guys (laughs) cut it out completely as, as, as a couple? Yeah. Well, so he, if he's not at home, he, of course. Yeah. I mean, of course. Yeah. yeah. Go be free. Like go do whatever you want. But yeah. At home, we don't, we don't eat anything like that. Um, is when I, ha- I have to leave the house. So there, when there has been times he, when he has cooked stuff for our business to go, I go stand in the driveway wow. and, t- and then he cleans the house and cleans the pans and everything before I can come back in. Yeah. And it has to be, I'm sure he has to be diligent with it too. Like, yeah. It, it, Cause it's, it seems to me like it's very similar to what like a gluten allergy would be. I mean, as far as the, as far as the, you know, the, the hygiene and the take, making yeah. sure all the residues and not cook stuff together and make sure everything's clean. Yes. He, um, so like I said earlier, I'm a wedding photographer. And so we go out and we'll be at a wedding you know, eight to 10 hours, at least a day. Mm-hmm. A lot of my weddings are not local there. Mm-hmm. We have traveled to California re- this year. I traveled to Oklahoma this year. And I'm, it would be one thing if I wasn't pregnant to just like pack a granola bar and go on, but I'm pregnant. I have sure. to eat. I have sure. to sustain mm-hmm. a certain amount of calories. And so he had that, he took on this added responsibility of like packing in food like cooking it before or whatever. When we shot Kaya's wedding, mm-hmm. we stayed in a camper on their ranch and mm-hmm. he, we packed in food from a grocery store. He cooked every single meal in this camper. And then like, I would shoot the wedding he'd show up with a little full packet to like, here's your dinner. Now you go sit away from all the smoke of the tri-tip they're cooking. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> so what do you eat? I can eat, I, I can eat chicken or fish. If it right, flies or right. swims, I can eat it. Right. Um, a lot of vegetables. And then my bread, I can have bread as long as it doesn't have dairy in it. Right. So that's, that's basically it. I actually <laughs> <laughs> very fortunate. I went in, so they, they checked me at three months in uh-huh. from diagnosis. So they checked me and I found out in March I'd had it since October. October into September, I found mm-hmm. out in March. And then into June, they tested me again. And my levels had gone down. And they were like, you can officially have highly processed dairy. So that alone was such a like life giving. Well, we don't even naturally eat a lot of processed food, but just knowing like I can eat a graham cracker. Uh, uh-huh. I can like go to somewhere and they can hand me a chip and I don't have to look at the container and see like does this say contains milk wow yeah wow <laughs> I mean just the things that you just never would have thought of before are I mean it's like 
you have to change, especially, especially, you know, hopefully it won't be quite so taxing once you deliver. I mean, I think that's the, you know what I mean? Um, but, but I mean, you take so many things for granted, like you say, like touching a graham cracker, touching a chip, you know, those just little things. And, and they, not to mention like, not necessarily you touch, but worry, do you have to worry about like what other people touch too? And like be very hand hygiene. I mean, we're all talking about hand hygiene now anyway, but is that something yeah. that you kind of have to be mindful of as well? I, so Yes, I did. Now that my dairy levels have gone down not, okay. and my dairy levels have gone down. So they said, once I deliver, I can, I can eat cheese again. And then by Christmas, I should be able to eat like full fat dairy, like milk or cottage cheese gotcha. or something like that. Okay. And my pork levels are lowering. So, so they have a Christmas, test for each yeah. like, like so type each, of meat. Yes. So my, my goat and sheep is pretty low. Um, my dairy is at zero, but it still affects me because okay. of pregnancy hormones. Right, right. So that's why I can have the processed dairy and then here pretty soon cheese. And they're weaning me over to that. And then they'll start me on pork, goat, and sheep probably around Christmas, they said, because my levels are getting pretty low. But like my my beef and venison um, is very high still. So that'll probably be next year. So let's back up just for a second the the actual it comes from deer is that right the comes from it can come from any mammal any mammal uh, okay okay yeah okay so i was always under the impression that it came from a deer only but that's that's not correct then. yeah so interesting fact on alpha gal um when it first came out i guess it's relatively like within the last 10 years they've started doing a lot more research on it because it has increased in popularity mm-hmm so for a long time, and, and I guess a lot of doctors still think this, my doctor deals with so much of it. That is how she, I guess, knows. But um, any mammal that the tick bites and then bites you is why. So I'm surrounded by beef cattle and deer. Um, and those are my two highest numbers. Uh, whereas Makes if sense. somebody was on a, on a dairy, their dairy numbers and their beef numbers would probably be pretty high as opposed to like, pork or whatever. Wow. So, and then also I was, you know, I was always under the impression, most people are under the impression that you can only get it from a tick. And so when I said, you know, I'll never get it. I don't get bit by ticks. Well, when I went into the doctor and she told me she had it, I was like, I, you know, I know I had to have been bit by a tick, but I just don't, I don't remember ever getting bit by one. I don't remember taking a tick off. I did, however, like my, my torso is, is covered in chigger bites from, I'm, I had mowed, um, some pretty intense pastures into September last year. And I had gotten these chigger bites across my stomach that had never healed. Like they were, they're, they're actually still there. They would not heal. And she goes, so you, it's not just the lone star tick you get it from. Okay. Um, so it's any like it. mite. Or... It's a mite. Um, it's a certain type of mite chiggers and ticks those are the three <laughs> things you can get it from and how they found that out was it started popping up in other countries that didn't have ticks and they were Got like it. where is this coming from it's got to be something else too yep. interesting wow i didn't know that i didn't know that that's super interesting so here's something that 
kind of has been on my mind a little bit about it. And I didn't, I don't know if you, if I had known that you moved or not, but I'm just, I'm just, and this is just me thinking out loud here because a lot of the people that I've talked to are people who have moved into a region from somewhere else. Um, lots of people are a guy I know from work. He actually, his daughter had it and then he found out like two years later that he has it and they moved here from St. Louis. And I'm just wondering, you know, this is just me thinking out loud. I, I wonder if the change in geography has anything to do with it. You know, I don't know. And I, that's just, that's just me like being curious out loud. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I see. I would a hundred percent like align with that, except my father-in-law had it before me. And right. Right. There you go. Yeah. Born and raised in the so same that squashes area that. life. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't, that's one thing I would love to know if, um, the man you're going to interview knows about like why it's heavy in our region. Like if you go into a restaurant here, so one thing that was really nice that it is heavy in this area, I could go in a restaurant and say, Hey, I have alpha gal syndrome and they would cook all of my stuff in a separate area. Okay. Okay. So that is nice. Yeah, that is is a, a weird little perk. Sure, um, sure. Because every restaurant knew about it. But if I went to Louisville or Nashville and I say I couldn't say I have alpha gal syndrome, because they would not know what that. Yeah, I, I mean, that's nothing that would be on like a menu or a sign here. No, you know? um, like every here, like every server knows, the kitchen staff knows. You leave this area and people are like, you have to say like, hey, I have a red meat allergy of anaphylactic. Can you? I'll, I'll either one, I just, I just have to make sure you're not grilling it on the same. So I ate a lot of like a salad without anything on it. Um, but I'd have to make sure they didn't use the same chopping board as like with cheese and bacon. So most of the time I would just eat before and then just watch other people eat. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, but you do think that there's a possibility that it, it won't be at the level that it, that it's at right now. Um, as it, there, there's a chance. Yeah, they were really excited when they saw my levels, how much they had changed from my diagnosis to in June. Um, she said, "I think you are doing awesome." And in a year or two, you may be eating red or beef again, which seems like such a long time. But when you hear people who've had it for ten and fifteen years, and I may only have it for two, two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. That I'll, I will take that. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. And I've known a guy who's, uh, he's had it. I mean, he moved to Missouri from New York and he still, and that was several years ago and he still doesn't, you know, I don't know if that was, I don't know if it's a choice for him or, you know, or, you know he just kind of got used to it or whatever. But he, it obviously affected him bad enough to where he doesn't want to even try anymore. It it gives you, I will say, it gives you a lot of anxiety around food. That was something I struggled with a lot, especially in the beginning. And that's why I said, like, having a supportive partner in that was what made it so easy. Because I was extremely anxious around eating. I was, I was depressed because I was having to change everything. And it was so hard. It sure. wasn't hard at home. At home was pretty easy. But, you know, a lot of times we can't just stay at home. Like we, right. end up of course. Yeah. I mean, life. there's life to live. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, we have businesses, we have work, we have all these things where sure. you just can't always be in a hundred percent control of your food. And it was stressful. And I would, I would just 
my husband would like check on me and in a very like, Hey, what have you had for lunch? Kind of thing. Um, because I was dropping weight really quickly and I was Mm, pregnant. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My, you know, my doctors are like, you've lost 10 pounds again. And that kept, kept happening throughout this pregnancy. Yeah. Crap. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's hard. Have you tried anything like outside of the box as far as protein is concerned? My, and the reason I ask you this is because a friend of mine said, he, uh, the same guy who said his daughter has it and he has it, he's a nurse anesthetist at the hospital I, where I work. And he said that he gets ostrich from North Carolina. And he said, it's excellent. He said, it is, I mean, he said, it, it's great. It's like, it's some of the best stuff he's ever had. You know, he said he, he would put it up there with a beefsteak. So I'm just curious, is that any, if you tried anything like, and I, again, you're pregnant, you're trying to be as careful as possible, <laughs> yeah. obviously. So I was so we didn't get too crazy because I, I was so sick most of the year sure, um, when sure. we were trying to figure it out that I work for myself and I couldn't work. Um, so we had, we are, we took a, we had to really cut back financially. Sure. However, sure. we, so we, like I said, we raised chickens. So the, the good part is we raise chickens and, um, our plant does free chicken day a lot. And so you can go down as a producer and get like big boxes of just like packs of chicken. And it's just like, I don't know what the stipulation is, but you'll have like a whole thing that was supposed to go to Whole Foods or supposed to go to Trader Joe's and they didn't buy it. And so they give it to us. Um, So we have like 12 to 20, you know, whatever the boxes were of like Trader Joe's chicken thighs all of a sudden. And so it'd be like, all right, we're having chicken thighs again. Like, so you just get real creative. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, so, and I always like, whenever we have a, a, especially a podcast like this, where it's talking to something, somebody about something very specific, I always try to, and especially something that is perceived as a challenge, not perceived. It is a challenge, obviously for you, but I always like to hear about like the good lessons within. And, you know, you mentioned two of them in that, you know, the place where you live very fortunately has, it's pretty com- or not common, but it's, it's probably, it's more common there than in a lot of places. So you have that. And then you also have this, what you're talking about, where you get to go down to and get these uh, boxes of chicken breast or t- whatever, you know? I mean, so there's, yeah. they're as hard as it's been. And I, you know, and I believe that nothing uh, happens by coincidence. Uh, you know, I believe that there is a divine hand in, all of our struggles, I believe our struggles are here for a reason. And what I call those things are tender mercies, uh, you know, that you have these options to you, even when it's hard, even when it's life altering, you do have these small things that uh, maybe make it just a little bit easier to bear. Yes. Yeah. And there's so much, even just in that, like so many people I know, look, my father-in-law having it, sure, like was horrible for him but was actually great for me then to go through it because the family already knew how to handle it we had done thanksgiving and christmas having to cook like that we had um you know it wasn't it wasn't the like i think sometimes when there's medical diagnosis that people don't know much about there's a tendency to or stigma to suddenly be like well maybe she's faking it 
And because uh, I, I have run into uh-huh. that a little bit when I get outside this area of like, it can't be that bad. It can't be that serious. Are you sure you're just not asking for attention? And I <laughs> don't deal with that here. I get nothing but support and understanding. And, and that is, it is nice. It makes such a hard thing easier. Sure. Yeah. And that's nice. You know, that's nice to have a support system like that. And you, know, you are, you're fortunate that your father-in-law had that because, you know, not only did it be a little bit familiar to you, but, you know, I, I'd say you probably have the chance to maybe uh, commiserate with him a little bit and like, hey, these are the challenges I'm going through, you know, like kind of have that bond, you know, maybe it strengthens your bond with him. I don't know. You know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, there's, and and like I say, I always, and that's a big like part of the ethos of my podcast is to find people who have challenges and see the good in them, see that there is, even though things are hard, that they're able to overcome that. And you're, you're, you're doing that. And you know, you you, you did this while you're pre- I mean, being pregnant and having alpha gal separately hard, but like putting yeah. them together. Uh, wow. That's a, that's a heck of a challenge. So I, yeah. I, com- I commend it, you for all of it. Thank you. Yeah, it was, it is nice that, you know, my, my doc, my, even my OB, she, she has other patients who have alpha gal and are pregnant. So she was used to seeing that. And, um, so when I would feel highly anxious about it, she would be like, this is okay. It's okay. Everything is going to be okay. You're going to be just fine. I see this all the time because I, my husband and I both stressed a lot about like, I am not getting to eat how I normally would eat. I already struggle getting enough iron. What am I doing to our poor kid by Mm -hmm. that? I'm trying to like Mm -hmm. grow this big, healthy brain and this healthy body. And I am struggling one to eat because I'm so anxious and I can no longer eat anything. And I, and, and I wasn't hungry either. It was just like all these things. And and so we both, like he quietly stressed about it. I more vocally stressed about it to him. And then he just kind of carried that burden for me. He's a good man. But then we got into the later part of the pregnancy and they, they're like, well, cause they did growth checks on him just to Mm -hmm. make sure that Mm -hmm. he was growing. Okay. And, uh, they were like, well, he is 95 percentile overall in size. Um, he's huge. (laughs) Apparently the only thing on you is this baby. Um, and he has done just fine. So it was like this moment of relief of like, I, I, I did this hard thing and I I didn't permanently mess up my child. My biggest fear that I, this is your first child, right? This is my first child. Yeah. 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 You know, I can attest to like being so nervous about that first and you don't know what the hell you're doing. You know what I mean? Like you're, it's the first time and like, you know, this is all, all new. And like, you know, you think all the little things are going to be disasters, you know, and, but to have that comfort, that kind of burden lifted off with you, especially in your situation. Yeah. I can see how that's a very, that was a very big comfort to you. Yes. Yeah. And people mean well, um, but yeah. <laughs> people tend to see the, say the things that they're thinking. So I, you know, when you're carrying this anxiety of like, what if I'm messing up my child the whole time? And then somebody's like, what is that doing to your kid? You seem to have lost a lot of weight. Like, are you even like, and, and I'm just like, please don't, oh, please don't vocalize my fears. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've learned no matter what to, if you think that you should if there's a chance that you may not, may not should say it to a pregnant woman, you should just not say it. Like I've, I've been around this earth long enough to know. 
Oh, cool. Oh, good well, times. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you tonight and I, I'll let you go because you are probably the nights spent at home without a child are few and far <laughs> between. And I, I promise you the child is easiest to take care of before they're born and they are after. So I'll let you enjoy <laughs> this night of peace. I know. So. I keep telling myself that like, this is about to end. You don't get this time back, but I'm also like, it needs to end. Yeah. Well, I'm sure, <laughs> you know, just to, be <laughs> to get it, to get everything that you've been through, I'm sure. Um, you want it to be done as soon as possible. Yeah, if people waiting to be on the other side of this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if people, if people want to follow you online, how, what's the best way to, to follow you and, and hear your story? Cause you're doing, I mean, this isn't just the only part of your story. You, like you said, you're, you're a photographer, you're doing a beef business, you're doing all the things. Um, so uh, where can people find you online? Sure. So I'm probably most active on Instagram um, and that's Hey Danny B. Hey is spelled H-A-Y and then Danny B. Um, that's that's where I am a little more vulnerable about what's going on in life and um, a little more active. And then my husband and I also have a, a farm Facebook page where Hayden Farms LLC where he does, he sometimes gets a little crazy with his like dance videos and stuff. So, and then we talk about beef over there. Awesome. Oh, cool. Well, we'll link all that so people have uh, have an easy way to find you. And honestly, I mean, let's, well, it will. We're just going to say this. When this comes out, you will have already had your baby. So uh, coming out, hearing this now, congratulations on that. Um, Thank looks, you. Looking forward to you experiencing uh, parenthood. Me too. Thank you. Yeah. Well, again, thank you for tonight and uh, good luck with everything. I appreciate that. Thank you for um, letting me talk about this. Uh, more people need to know about it. Of course. Yep, for sure. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.